0: you can adopt mac and cheese here. My name is Matthew Kroll. And when you're at your highest is when the devil comes for you. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies specifically. The film, all of them, all from movies. the Oscars, <laughs> specifically the ones that aired in March of 2022.
1: That's correct. And um, just to be, just to lay all the cards on the table here, uh, we are recording at lunchtime on Monday. Right. I have no idea what one in any category. Actually, no, no, that's not true. I, I have an idea of one category out of the one category that everyone else is talking about this year uh, so far.
0: Whereas I went to a small vaccinated uh, Oscar event last evening, so I was watching it all in real time.
1: Whoa. Uh, also,
0: hey, everyone, <laughs> listeners at home or wherever you are in your day-to-day life, thank you so much for giving us the leniency to miss a Sunday. Yeah. I think this is the first Sunday we've missed in approximately five years. Wow. Uh, now, 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 you're going to be getting your weekly episode. You're just going to be getting it later. In fact, I'm going to um, – what's it called? I'll be editing this right afterward and hopefully getting it up uh, sometime – definitely before 5.30, I think, on the Monday that it releases. So actually, this is interesting. You're going to be hearing this thing. We're going to record it the same day that this releases, which does not happen often. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that.
1: Yeah. So well, uh, while you were at a wonderful social, uh, socially um, controlled gathering, I uh, stayed in bed and tried to avoid all spoilers for the Oscars. And I realized that is a really challenging task, uh, especially when. A major event I guess happens at the Oscars because my phone blew up um, pretty much the second it started happening um, yeah. and so I was revealed uh, uh, just a couple of people texted me the first person revealed uh, a-, a the best short film live action Oscar award and I said to that person hey that. thank you for that but you know I'm just trying to avoid spoilers thank you thank you thank you uh, and then the second person uh, was texting me about the event which I, I-, I guess we're going to talk about uh, now um, because uh, they wanted to know what I thought about it, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then uh, <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. And then because uh, I was in bed and I was just like, I'm gonna watch a movie. And so I watched uh Takeshi Miike's Mike's 13 Assassins. And boy, oh, amazing! What a good Oscar night movie! Uh, yeah, it was great. And I was like, as I was watching, I was like, man, if I was teaching film school again, I would I would do an entire semester on this movie. Like everything from production design to history to choreography to the politics of the whole thing I, I just I, it's so good it's so good yeah. watch 13 Assassins I don't know why we don't talk about 13 Assassins more it's so we could do great. an
0: episode we are the only podcast about movies we could we, you want to just
1: change this one do you <laughs> to, want to just do an we, episode about 13 Assassins an, oh, an old switcheroo <laughs> we should definitely just try that <laughs> but um, we're obviously going to talk about the Oscars and obviously we're going to talk about the one thing that everyone is talking about so much so that again I've tried to avoid all social media but it's going to be near impossible um, the 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 amazing thing that's happened is this one event or one uh, moment has overtaken everything, which is that normally the day after the Oscars, you would have to try to avoid what the Best Picture winner was. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is not the case because nobody's talking about what the Best Picture winner was. I don't know what the Best Picture picture winner is. All I know is that there was a uh, scafuffle involving one Will Smith and one Chris Rock, uh, and and when I you know like I saw the clip I was like oh boy there are going to be so many think pieces on this coming in the next day and we are going to contribute to that I'm sure. Well, but, but, but I'm I'm curious, Matt. You were in the room. You were in the room when it happened.
0: <laughs> well, I was in the room watching the live feed of the room where it happened. But if, I don't know was, if that's as catchy as a song. Um, What was the reaction
1: in the room where it
0: happened? Well, no one understood what was happening because they they cut to a wide and and it got cut off. Like they muted the feed for a while and then it was just Chris Rock standing there for a while. It did cut back to Will Smith and you saw mouthing of what he was saying and then it cut back. And you didn't quite understand it. But then we're like, oh, was that real? Was that scripted? What just happened? Because in the wide, uh, for those of you who don't know, Will Smith, uh, after Chris Rock made a joke um, about... um, Jada's uh, haircut or or uh, th- then she he went up and slapped Chris Rock across the face and yelled at him you can hear you can hear the whole thing on the Japanese or the Australian feed mm-hmm. um, yeah it was weird um, didn't know what it was like it almost looked like a bit but we didn't understand why because will it, there, the beforehand was a shot of will laughing mm-hmm. so like you didn't know what was what um, this is something I want to say about this entire moment though okay a, it sucks that this is the thing that has overshadowed the entire Oscars. not that the Oscars is a bastion of goodwill and and whatever, but like this is supposed to be, even though it never truly is about the films, and now no one is talking about the films, especially as we get into some of the winners. I think how important some of the stuff is the the and and the discourse, of course, when two giant, famous people have a physical altercation on one of the largest stages in entertainment, that's going to be a thing that becomes. Everyone in their any social circle is talking about, but I do want to say, even as we discuss it here, um, this is a incredibly complex issue that will not be solved on this podcast, on Twitter, or through memes. Like. There is so much, depending on, it, it doesn't even matter what your proclivity is like, is this right? Is this wrong? Are aspects of this correct or aspects of this un- incorrect? Can comedy do a thing? Is it all right for violence to happen? Like, all that. Like, then you add into systemic sexism and racism on top of the entirety of this conversation. And there is no someone is right, someone is wrong answer, despite any of us thinking that in our own personal belief structures. Like, it's complex and weird. Yeah. And we'll talk about it, but. I, I, that's how I stand here. I don't know how you feel about this in particular, but like, especially like, and I, even throughout the entire thing, right? There's the moment of of when when Chris Rock got slapped, and then there's the aftermath of Will sitting in his seat, and then and then spoiler alert, going on to win the first role with the thing we'll be talking about as actor in a leading role for um, King Richard. Yeah, and then that speech, <sighs> and it's so tonally odd and like you see broken logic throughout everything but no one knew what to do you could tell this is what i will say about watching the live event here the mood i mean was done like right. you don't you don't recover from that <laughs> and and no one knew what to do right and i think some of the reactions to will smith's speech at the end was based in that yeah um, I think there was a lot of sort of shock going around and no one knew, no one. And I, I bet you nine times out of 10, I bet you like people were like still wondering if it was a bit or something like I, it, it was so strange
1: what, what, in the what moment. What was the, what was the tenor of the event? Uh, when, when, you know, you're in a group of people, I'm only watching it in isolation by myself and yeah. my wife, you know, we're, we oh,
0: everyone shut the fuck up and was trying to figure out what the hell was going but, but on. What did you, what did
1: you all think about it? What had happened?
0: I mean, everyone – in in the moment, I think – I mean, we were hearing a lot of different takes, all of them not complete. Right. Um, the joke that Chris Rock said was uh, – because Jada had her head shaved due to uh, – she's had a very public battle with alopecia. Mm-hmm. And um, – which Jada Pinkett Smith has never not looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's right. insane and and, and uh, Chris Rock made a joke about like oh Jada love you you're rocking it like can't wait to see you in GI Jane 2 I think is the joke yeah. that he said yeah and uh, you know a stupid joke that is not even quite funny and like hyper dated mm-hmm. cool Yeah. Um, and then that sort of set off a whole thing, which again I don't think it's just about the joke, and I don't think it's just about like there's there's so many things to sort of unpack that are it's not our place to really do so. Um, but everyone had their own take. Well, like oh well he was insulting his uh, his wife. Oh well, but the joke was stupid and it wasn't punching down. Well, yes it was. Well, no one should ever have violence on that thing. Well, well you should be able to say whatever you want, but then you have to get ready for the repercussions. But then it's like okay, should Will Smith have been escorted out? Like no one no one no I have. Because it's impossible to have a complete take unless you're sitting down to have, like, hours-long discussions. And the only people that are going to have the right answer here are as if Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Will Smith, <laughs> and the and the Oscar board sits down and talks about what happened together, and they can all figure it out. Like, we're uh, not going to do that. <laughs> like, you know uh, what I mean? A friend of
1: mine uh, is one of the... Uh uh, a friend of mine works on Red Table Talk, and I was like, "Well, so there's an episode coming on this, surely." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And exactly what you're saying is that that uh, Red Table Talk should do a uh, conversation about this. So I watched the, uh, you know, like again, I my my wife came into the room, and she was like, "Oh, you got to see this thing." And I was like, "Look, I don't want to see any spoilers. I'm trying to avoid it till the episode." She goes, "No, no, this is not a spoil for any awards. Do you want to see what happened?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and so I went and I watched the I watched the tape, and I and I, yeah, like there's that moment of shock in where. Violence erupts in a moment that is supposed to be devoid of violence, and it is Mm -hmm. that sort of like shocking thing. I remember what I thought about instantly was David Cronenberg's film, A History of Violence. And in the press conferences, uh, in the press conferences for A History of Violence, Ed Harris, I think, got really, really frustrated during one of these, and like suddenly slammed on the table. And he was trying to. Part of him was frustrated at just like the the press junket kind of approach, but the other part of him was like illustrating the point. That violence, when it erupts unexpectedly, does shatter every wall around you. And so, you know, when he like slams his, you know, fist on the table, like unexpectedly, the entire room, like the Will Smith moment, kind of suddenly suddenly turns silent. And so does that eruption of violence. And 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 I think, uh, in terms of the dynamics of what happened here, um, I will say, regardless of where you land on this, Chris Rock just comes out like a com- consummate professional. Uh, at, at the repercussions, of, you know, like of dealing with what happened, like he, as far as I can tell, like you know, he continues the show. Um, he acknowledges yeah, what not- happens. Hold on, he acknowledges what happens. He continues the show. He doesn't like break down his performance or you know what he's doing at all. He just keeps it moving. And I was like, I was very impressed by a fact that like you know a dude just walked up to him and slapped him in the face you know like he doesn't like walk off stage or or you know just like not know what to do he keeps it he keeps it going and i was i was uh i I was kind of in awe by that mostly um in terms of the in terms of what happened um uh The,
0: the the thing that uh, the the moment and you can hear it more in the
1: um I have heard Australian the, or the the will Japanese yelling feed. at him afterwards but, yeah
0: but yeah but like what I what the the Chris Rock moment is, that I was uh, to sort of piggyback off of what you were said is when when Will Smith is like keep your keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth for the second time first yeah. he's like well it was a GIJ joke and he says it again he says keep your name out da da yeah. and and then Chris Rock goes okay I will yeah like he just like yep yeah. Yep. Yeah and, Got he, it. and he moves on, right? Like And he moves on. I mean not not as smoothly. I mean he makes yeah. one reference like, well, this is going to be, you know, the yeah, he most says, whatever. It is. He
1: says this is going to be television history. And I was yeah. like he he recognizes it acknowledges it continues like and tries I'm saying, to push forward i'm just best saying if can. somebody hit me <laughs> in a show i'm not i there's no guarantee that i'm not going to cry on and walk off the stage you know what i mean right. you right. know i like yeah. i have no idea and and this dude you know just is a consummate professional um so i will say that um i you know um the joke I mean, we have to break this down in sort of parameters, and as you say, there's no right answer to this.
0: I was going to say, like, we we can. I don't know if we have to. I, I don't mean. know if we have to. I just think, <laughs> I think
1: it's interesting because it's a moment, right? Um, the the joke. I, I I don't think the joke was like the most offensive thing in the world you could possibly say. I think there's obviously a painful history underneath the the receptor of that joke that that probably is something that we don't know fully about and Jada Pinkett Smith has been very vocal about in terms of, like, her battle with alopecia and, like, her, her deciding not to wear a wig uh, from mm-hmm. this point forward. So I think, you know, uh, was the joke in poor taste, uh, perhaps? But I also think that the business of being a celebrity... And, and I think Will Smith acknowledges this in his speech as well. The business of being a celebrity is in some part uh, taking uh, comments being made about your life, uh, you know, it, it, with cruelty and distaste and kind of, you know, like dealing with it because that's the business of living in the public sphere as it as it was. Um, and and it, it, and the oddity it, to that, though, being. He didn't do that. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. But, but I'm saying that's what that's. And, and, and obviously this, you know, every person has their breaking point and this was it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and and I think, um, you know, I'm, the the thing is here is that he did it in the public sphere, in the public spotlight in a way that if we had just heard this. St- like if this wasn't the Oscars, if this wasn't Will Smith, if this was wasn't Chris Rock, if this was. Um, if we just heard comedy gig where comedian tells joke, uh, audience member jumps up and punches uh, you know and, and hits the comedian. Mm-hmm. Our response to that would be quite different uh, or, or at least we'd probably all be on the side of the comedian in that in that circumstance. Right? It depends on
0: the joke depends on the thing. Again, I, I think this, I think this is the interesting part. Like, big or small of this moment, it's entirely about nuance. i'm I'm personally getting sick of hot takes and meme Lord shit about stuff that, like, you boil down to a hyper-simplistic thing. Like, whether or not it's Will Smith and Chris Rock or Random Comedian X and Heckler Y, like, there is a a lot that would go into that moment. The build-up to that is, even if those people aren't connected, the build-up is real, and when we try to just put it down to, like, oh, X person is right because of this, or he deserves that, or no way on this, or, like, whatever, I think it gives a disservice to, like, kind of the psychology and what's actually
1: happening. Um, Right, and I think I I want to acknowledge that nuance matters here, because even if this... So you take the situation and turn it around to two other people, for example, two other like another comedian, still the Oscars and a different actor, and it would be an entirely different situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. My point is, I think in no circumstance is getting up on... No matter how offended you are, getting up on stage and slapping the person who said the offensive thing is not the modeled behavior that I think we would like to see in our own lives, right? Sure. I, I, and,
0: while, and while I agree with that take, I'm reading a lot of people that don't. I'm reading a lot of people that are like, no, he insulted his wife and now he, you know, there's there's too much of this going he, on where people just walk away. And again, I don't agree with that particular take, but what we're yeah, seeing, I, especially with this discourse is, not a lot of, like, it's about 50-50. <laughs> but, but what is your take on that in terms of, like... I, well, I just said, I don't think, I, I mean, I think it was definitely the wrong move. I yeah. think, um, again, you could sort of, like, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback this highly emotional moment for these these people. But, like... That, you know, how how would we all handle it differently across both sides of the spectrum? Like, we that, don't know until we're in What I'm asking, what I'm
1: asking is, do you think that that uh, getting up and slapping Chris Rock was um, an appropriate response to uh, a joke that you was offended by?
0: Oh, no. But yeah. that doesn't really matter because who gives a shit about my opinion on it? Like, I, I also don't want to boil it down mm-hmm. to there is no situation in which I would not find that warranted. Um, but in this particular case, no. Personally, I don't find it warranted. But my that, my opinion matters precisely as much as literally everybody else. <laughs> literally who is everybody is not, else. Who's none it's... of those people in in the situation? You know what I mean? It's, it's so kind like, of
1: amazing, though. You know, like again, uh, I, I, there's so many thoughts in my head about this in terms of like the the way in which we are conditioned by movies to respond to gratuitous violence in a way that like where it's like we're indifferent to it we're supposed to laugh at it you know like you know this question of violence in cinema that we sort of talked about and then when a moment of like seemingly comparatively minimal violence you know although it is quite it is shocking to the system right like it is it is like well it's it's the tonal shift that is
0: the shock i think at this point (laughs) a slap across someone's face is not is not shocking by any means in, 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 a, in a bubble, in a, in a whatever, but like when it's in a situation where this does not
1: normally happen. That's, and, and so what I'm saying there is like, if you're standing in a room and somebody slaps someone across the face in front of you in a way that is, hurt, you know, in, designed to hurt them, it is shocking, right? Like yeah. it is, it is, it is that moment. And I, and I think, uh, that's the power, that's the sort of powerful thing that happened here is that we're all responding to this like surprise at this violence that has happened in front of us um i you know that that's my position on it which is that uh i think you can be offended by jokes but i think also you know at the oscars you are you know, you probably should expect to be offended at a joke. And then if the joke has gone too far, then I wouldn't, in in my opinion, um, say that getting up on stage and slapping the person is the behavior that we want to um, celebrate or model ourselves after. You know, I was talking to my son about this after, um, in, in the car and like, you know, he doesn't know who Will Smith is or anything like that, but I was kind of like just saying what had happened. And my son's immediate son was like, well, he shouldn't, uh, he shouldn't have done that. He should have said that I was upset by your joke. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So my kid, like, because that's the... that's <laughs> Your the kid beh- gets it. Well, that's the behavior that we try to model for our children kind of thing, you know. Whatever. Yeah. It's not a, it, this is not a, won't anyone think about the children kind of uh, thing. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. At any rate, that happened, which And meant- Will Smith
0: did win actor in a leading role for yeah. King Richard.
1: Uh, and uh, I, no... I picked Will Smith and you picked Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, you correct. have them reversed in a little a reverse cheat thing. sheet so here. I, so you I, get this one correct. I get the point on this one. Um, um, yeah. Let's I, talk I, about I, um, King Richard. We haven't talked about King Richard. Listen. You saw uh, it, right?
0: I did. I, so I've, <laughs> by the way, hi everyone. I did the homework. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched all of them down to the wire. Uh, I did see all of the best pictures. What picture was the last nominees? one you saw? Coda. The last you one. Watched, I saw you watched Coda. Coda.
1: Yeah. Uh, because you
0: no, picked that for best Picture. Uh. Yeah, sorry, yes, I've got these around
1: the wrong way, so I've just put mine and yours in the opposite Oh, type. did you
0: reverse it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just reversed it. So change our names so we don't get confused in that doc. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So um, I I was shocked how much I enjoyed King Richard. I, I, I want to say something sort of – normally on a Best Picture nom uh, thing for the last few years, there's like one or two where I'm like, meh like yeah, yeah whatever yeah. none of these like i i was on board with every one of these films in one way or the other and granted i liked some more than others king richard uh took a story that i wasn't entirely familiar with and contextualized it in a really interesting way mm-hmm. um he, his performance is phenomenal in it um the, you know it does the 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 bad mark on it, I would say, is not to do with any of the performances or the filmmaking itself, but just sort of the – I mean, again, I started looking into um, uh, Richard Williams' uh, sort of history and, like, all that stuff sort of after the fact. And, like, with any – this is not this film's problem. This is making a film out of any person's real life. It will always become uh, sort of opinion pieces on sort of one way or the other, and it will try to show one thing or the other. But in at the end of the day, it is still uh, – you know. There are multiple takes of all of this stuff, but I do love that Venus and Serena were involved in this. I feel like it was a love letter to their father who helped them along their way. It is—it's uh, a really, 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 really great film. Um, uh, The—I um, do wish though, um, uh, Joanu Ellis—is that her? Mm-hmm. Is that how you yeah. pronounce her name? She
1: plays brand new. Um,
0: yeah. She. For me. She was what made that movie. Like, Will Smith right. was good in it. There's no question. But Will Smith is good in almost anything Will Smith does. Right. She, every scene she was in, be it big or small, just outshined every other person in that movie. Like, mm. she just fucking radiated skill in that film. And I do wish uh, that, uh, I, to be honest, I after seeing all of the, the films, although I did not see... Um, Oh, no, I did see. I just want to double check this. I did see all of the actress and supporting role stuff. Um, I I wish that she had won that, right. uh, but she didn't. She here. Spoiler alert. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What did you think about King Richard?
1: Uh, the my biggest takeaway from King Richard, uh, as I walked away from watching it, was like I am not equipped to raise a superstar. <laughs> and <I> was like, <laughs> that was that was like my biggest takeaway. is I watched that movie with with Shivali, and we were like, we're not. Uh, we don't have the. The, the thing that it takes to raise a superstar, which is the sure. discipline of, uh, of the parents themselves mm-hmm. to push their children in that direction. Yep. Um, I think the best scene in this movie is a recreation of a scene that happened in, uh, you know, that, that was a fairly well-televised scene, uh, and that is the interview scene uh, that with the, uh, I think it's with 60 Minutes or something like that, but where uh, Richard Williams... Um, uh says to the interviewer you can't you gotta stop asking her that question because she's answered it with so much confidence and you have to recognize that you're asking a young black girl um you know why she thinks she can be number one and she's answered it so many times with so much confidence and you you know like i think there's this portrait that's being painted of richard williams as being slightly unhinged and and like unorthodox in his approach and that moment is so well crystallized in the movie where everything before that moment suddenly makes sense where he you know he's basically saying we have to pay extra special attention to these girls because the road that is paid for these girls is not one that has been paid for everybody yeah um and so i think that moment is really powerful as a film unto itself um yeah i think this is a very good entry in the best picture thing it's not my pick for best picture Mm -hmm. um but it's a fine performance. It's a, it's the kind of performance that tends to win Academy, win Academy awards. Um, you know, he's doing, uh, it, at first it's difficult because his performance is so marked by, um, doing the voice, doing the affectations that make it, but he's fully committed. Um, and again, it's the, you know, again, a movie star doing this role is what gets awards and, and there's a reason for it. You know, like you go to see, that performance, you know, that person doing that performance, and and, yeah. and I think I think it really works. Um, yeah, that's my big takeaway from that. Is that All right. I so don't, Shahir, I, I'm not a good parent.
0: She <laughs> Shahir What? Wow. <laughs> she here? so far, go. at least on this. All right. So next up, uh, we will uh, the actor in a supporting role. Which, uh, to be honest, Shahir, uh I, I will tell you the winner right now is who we both picked, Troy Koetzer. Nice. Uh, which was very very nice. Um, but can I describe to you the actual moment? And I do suggest anyone who's interested in this who did not see this, go back and
1: watch it. I have not seen this, obviously.
0: So, uh, you know, the presenter uh, of the award is obviously the person who won in the opposite gendered uh, version. So uh, supporting actress, uh, supporting actor, et cetera. And so Yuan uh, Yu uh comes out and she says this amazing thing. I don't remember if it was during her speech last time. Or in a subsequent interview, but she's like, I need to apologize first. <laughs> I, told, I gave people some guff about mispronouncing my name. Okay. And then she goes, and now I have to read these five men's names. <laughs> and I am so, so sorry. <laughs> and it was just a really nice like, thing and she reads the names. And then... When Troy wins, she signs it first as opposed to uh, as opposed to uh, speaking it, which means because they don't get to read the envelopes earlier, she just learned that just in case he won. And just another in another sort of sweet moment, realizing that like just without thought, realizing that he can't speak while holding the Oscar, he she like offers to take it back for him and hold like it was just. This is the moment I wish the Oscars were kind of talking about because it was such a, an impassioned speech by uh, by Troy, and the moments between them was just two people from, like, incredibly different walks of life, like, yeah. working with and respecting one another and celebrating sort of achievement, and it was just, it was beautiful. Did um, this happen
1: before or after the Will Smith moment? Before. Okay. Very much before. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> and I'm thankful it <laughs> happened before.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What did you think of
1: what did you think of Coda overall? Uh so Coda I, I saw in the last couple of weeks. Um my feeling about it was that it was fine. Uh I'm not the I, like I think it for for what the movie is doing, it hits all the beats that it sits out to hit. And um there are like there are genuinely lovely moments within the film itself, I, I mm-hmm. think there are genuinely really great moments within it uh, entirely. But I'm not exactly convinced why this film is a Best Picture nominee. Uh, I think it's very good, um, but but uh, and this is no disrespect to anyone involved in making it. It's a you know crowning achievement to 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 have a film like this out there. Uh, I just think as a film unto itself. Um, the, oh, this is going to be the harshest thing I'll say about it. And I'm just biting my tongue as I'm about to say it as well, because I know Coda has really, uh, picked up a lot of steam in the awards race in the last few weeks. You've even put it in your best picture, uh, category. Uh, and, and, and I know there's a lot of steam behind this movie. Um, but this was a movie that really did feel made for TV, in my opinion, really, yeah, it really did. There was something oh, very, very uniquely—you um, know what's interesting? Uh, oh, sorry. Very uniquely, um, fuck. The, I, I feel, I feel like such a jerk for saying it in these words, and I, I just—when I, has that ever stopped you? Yeah, it, it, there's a quality to, uh, to this which feels very standardized, uh, and and oh. and, and it has very, for me, very few moments that make me go, best picture nominee. I actually, I very uh, adamantly disagree. I, I can I actually, tell you, you're leaping in.
0: I um. <laughs> so I thought about you quite a bit, actually, during this movie, weirdly enough, because, so whenever there's a film that is shot in New Zealand, like yeah. Power of the Dog, or, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. so-and-so, like, you always have sort of, like, a visceral emotional tie- to the the gotcha. landscape and sort of you know whatever. Yeah. I grew up in New England. This takes place and is shot in Gloucester, Massachusetts. I've spent a decent amount of time in Gloucester. Yeah. And uh, to me, I was like, I, every once in a while, I get this sort of reminder where I'm like, oh yeah, like this is what she hears talking about when feeling connected to a thing and a piece and whatever, like <laughs> based on the location. And I and look, well, I, I will I will be the first to say that Power of the Dog is shot more beautifully than Coda. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the sum uh, you know, of its parts, I think, in in conjunction with me sort of having a bit of history to it, really did speak to me. Mm. Um, there is a uh, element there, – there's so many sort of – what I liked – so what, what you're sort of saying is how it's like you felt like it was a made-for-TV kind of thing. I actually – how do I put this? Because I don't disagree with the – you describing the visual aesthetic so much in that way, but I think it was an intelligent choice. Okay, like the the, the things that they want to highlight in this movie are the performances, mm-hmm.
1: and the performances and, are very good.
0: And they and they do that in spades. Um, and I I don't know, man. I did not expect to dig Coda as much as I did. Right. Uh, and then I watched it. and I was like, what? <laughs> you what? I slept on this for like <laughs> 7 months. Yeah. What? Uh so so no, I um I I was shocked how th- And you know, what? it's funny. I didn't have like an emotional reaction until near the end and then it was all emotional reaction of like course. it yeah. it 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 primed me tricked me into a false sense of security based on its stylings, yeah. and then gut-punched me in my emotional squeedly spooch. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and I gotta say, it was a real good sort of rope-a-dope round the back, like, what the... Wham! <laughs> uh And I, I don't know. I put that on the back back of the box. Uh, I, I
1: just, I, and I really do want to preface this. I don't think this is a bad movie at all. I'm not, like, saying it's a bad movie. I just... You know, we had that conversation, I think, I can't remember which movie we were talking about When we were like, when you watch a Best Picture nominee, there's a certain element to it where you're sort of expecting it to do something in a way that surprises you because that is the reason why it's been elevated to the cream of the crop, so to speak. And, and for me, this was not a movie that did that. I think there are some very genuine, emotionally affecting moments near, particularly with uh, Troy Kotsur uh, as mm-hmm. you know, like when he's actually holding her, hand, uh, like her neck to, to hear her sing. Yep. Uh, well, um, so that,
0: this is the thing. It, this is why I think it does have that ability to 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 move a conversation forward in film, and it's and it's not it's not just like oh, uh, you know, it, it's a deaf cast and deaf actors. It's no. it's putting the Coda community and the in the hearing uh, impaired community. Yeah. How do I put this? It's showing in a similar way. And it's not, this is a, this is a, this is a side reach, but like the way when Parasite won, how we're like, oh, well, like you got to get over the, the one inch barrier and you can experience all of these other things. This is another way showing mainstream people. You can like, this is a thing that like, look how effective this can be.
1: Yeah. It, it, yeah. And that I, I, is
0: what that is the value proposition why I think that, that also elevates it. because it doesn't just like tell you that it makes you feel that. Yeah. And that to me is why it belongs in the in this Okay, in this I, I
1: I can buy that. I I would just I think the the argument I guess maybe I I value the 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 moniker of best pitcher in a way that encompasses more than just the representation, because when you mentioned *Parasite* in that scene, I was like, "But the thing is, *Parasite* was also extraordinary cinema. You know, like it was extraordinary well, filmmaking. You know, like I and, will and, say that *Parasite* cinematography was better, but I, I, I don't know from an emotional resonance cinema. I know, but I'm just, just I'm using an example for myself. Yeah,
0: I'm saying like, yes, I can identify there are elements of of uh, *Parasite* that I liked more, but I can also identify pieces of *Coda* that I liked more than *Parasite*. Okay. Like. It's just, and it, it comes down to personal choice and what we want out of a best, a best picture nom. Yeah. I, again, I was shocked too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been wanting to see this all year, and remember, I, I mentioned it on the podcast several times. I was like, "Oh, we got to go back" because it won Sundance, and I was like, "We got to go back," and 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 you know, because it, it there's an interesting, and I don't know if it won best picture or not at this point. So this will be don't don't spoil anything for me. No, I'm not doing anything. Uh, but this will be quite a surprise run because it kind of got. Um, released fairly early in the year on Apple TV after it a did. Sundance win. And so if that, you know, collected steam to get into the position of its own, that's that's a pretty extraordinary story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh moving on to yeah. actress in a leading role. Uh, um, I gotta admit here, I picked a, a nominee that I hadn't seen the film for. So I don't know if I was the right move. A lot of these I ideas, did too. I, I did too. I had seen your nominee. Uh, ah. Kristen Stewart, which I and I, I think her performance in Spencer is really really good. I, I just I sort of, wanted it,
0: Kristen Stewart to win an Academy Award. <laughs> I just okay, wanted that so badly.
1: It, it has the same tenor as Will Smith doing Richard Williams to it, which is like, oh, here's this person, you know, really bringing this other, you know, this this real life historical figure to life, and that's what we're seeing. And it's a very very good movie. That movie is excellent.
0: Well, do you, do you want to know who won? I sure do. Neither That'd be us. Jessica Chastain, Eyes oh, of Tammy Faye. Yeah, she was my
1: other choice. Uh, so uh, neither I of think, us got that right. N- I haven't well, seen l- any of the. I've seen Kristen Stewart in uh, in Spencer, and that's it. I think for these films. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but in lieu of that, we're going to talk about licorice pizza.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we have nothing like, to say.
1: Oh no, we saw I, I saw uh, the Lost Daughter, and that's it. Oh, saw we Lost did see Daughter, The Lost and, Daughter. Yeah, and uh, Spencer. All right, but we're going to talk about Licorice Pizza uh, because Alana Haim was not uh, nominated for Best Actress for that film. Um, Now, I am historically uh, a P.T. Anderson fanboy. I, you know, like, P.T. Anderson... Uh, gets my money no matter what, no matter the situation. Uh, I was very sad that I couldn't go see this in a the theater initially, but then the pandemic died down and I found a theater that was playing and I was like, I'm going to go see this fucking movie in a the theater. So I went and sat and saw this movie in a the theater. I will say the, the highlighted controversy of this film was something that I didn't know about while watching the movie and then as I watched it, I was like, well, this just stops this movie didn't its tracks right now for What was the highlighted, co- what was the thing? the the asian joke uh the the japanese joke uh that was repeated twice in the film has been highlighted there's think pieces uh, L- it's all over the la times um, Oh, sh- okay you should really uh yeah pay attention to that that joke and it was a moment where i was like well this is tone deaf and and doesn't quite work um and and the problem for me is it stopped the movie kind of dead in its tracks um and 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 i never quite recovered from it i think there are some beautiful moments in this movie and I think that there are some um, some extraordinary sequences. There's a sequence involving a truck um, going down a hill without uh, without brakes or an engine, which I have actually done, um, and it is terrifying. Oh, wow. And The movie manages to capture it. Um, but that you know that that jo- that set of jokes, which is only literally, it's like less than five minutes of, of of actual screen time, but it's this moment where you go, "Huh, I I think that." you you're just it's the it's the moment where the illusion of control gets shattered. You know, like every every P. T. Anderson movie I've ever seen has always been under the guise of, well, he's in complete control of this moment. Or he's in complete control of understanding what this moment is gonna to do to the audience. And that was a moment where I was like, I don't think that works in the way that I think it was meant to work. Mm-hmm. And it really like Stopped me dead in my tracks in that movie, and I
0: there was yeah there was definitely when those when those moments happened I was I was like what the fuck is this yeah yeah I exactly. was like cool
1: yeah what? And, because the problem there is that I think the punchline is meant to be that guy is a dummy uh, or that look yes. how look how dumb that guy is but that's but but the what actually happens is you go that joke is not funny for anyone and we're not getting the reactions from the people around him to validate the idea that he is the dummy.
0: Yeah, like, there's a it, lot there.
1: Yeah, it, it just sort of, it, it it doesn't work in that way. I, and so for me, you know, again, yeah. I just... Now, again, and then um, I think in terms of uh, Alana Hayman and, and um, uh, Cooper uh, Hoffman's chemistry on screen, I think it's there, I guess... Um, and I think the movie kind of like meanders is this sort of great hangout movie uh, so start, there's a couple of Hangout movies in the, in this category or in, in this year. Um, but this is one where I just I didn't quite connect with it. And I, and... I
0: didn't totally either. It's yeah. It was a fun watch. But at the same time, I haven't thought about it much after the fact. Um, I yeah. just they were both good. But like it was the same note throughout the entire yeah. thing and their adventures. Nothing kind of changed. Uh, the adventures got different and weird and kind of like how is this okay cool they're selling water beds neat but like I, I didn't I don't know it, it 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 felt nothing felt tethered like yeah. it all was like in a weird like it wanted to it wanted you to know it was in the 70s so like it was <laughs> yeah. supposed to be tethered but then it also just wasn't and I just I don't know it was fine but I don't think I'd really terribly watch it again um yeah it, it was w- it, and you know first,
1: it wasn't the first PT Anderson movie I haven't connected with but yeah. um but you know one where I where I didn't feel compelled to rewatch it um yeah. so uh, yeah interesting one all right well actress in a supporting role
0: yep would go to Ariana Debose Woo-hoo! Debose yep
1: I kind of felt there was a- I,
0: I tried doing a little bit of Oscar math to why I said Judy Dench honestly uh Deboss's performance is in my opinion the best supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose Judy Dench because uh, Judy Dench is a national treasure and I don't know how many more years Judy Dench will be able to do stuff. So I was I was you're doing the was, Oscar math. That's fine. I was That's doing totally the Oscar fine. math,
1: and I I bet wrong. Yeah. Um, I I actually did the same Oscar math, which is but I also did believe in the in the vote. But I thought, um, you know, uh, Rita Moreno won for this role uh, in 1956 when the film I think yeah. it was 1956 when the film yep. originally came out. I think it's just such a great story. Ariana DeBoss did give the best performance in that movie, and I think I noted it in our review of that film that it was like uh, I kind of wish it was her movie. Um, more than anything. So I, I believed it and I thought it would make a good story, so I, so I banked on that. Yeah. Uh, and that just turned out to be a good bit. Um, but the actress who didn't want to be a supporting role was from Belfast, which is the Kenneth Branagh film about the Troubles uh, and the town of Belfast. Um, what'd you think of this film?
0: It was pretty great. I mean, Kenneth <laughs> Branagh delivers like it just does. Like I, I don't think I've ever watched something from him and been like, nah. <laughs> uh, it was really, really good. Uh, it, it didn't overstay its welcome, which is a weird thing to say, but like it had emotional punch and packed it like in the in a in a, in a good amount of time, where you got what was going on and you you there was. <sighs> I d- I I did wish it kind of throws you right in and if you don't know the history there i could see it being very confusing um but uh luckily i work on a history channel uh, <laughs> and uh it was it was quite effective um and yeah it's just it's a it's another story, the heart-wrenching story about folks that are forced to leave their home for safety reasons, and um, and and various characters throughout uh, dealing with repercussions of violence that they do not control. And I think it spoke very loudly, particularly in the current zeitgeist of what's happening in the world. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was just uh, exquisitely done. Um, yeah, that was pretty much my take on it. Again, I. I very much enjoyed watching the film. I'm, I'm actually excited to watch it with some other people, like with Jamie, if she ever wants to watch it. I think there's a lot to sort of mine
1: from it upon a second viewing. Um, and has she not watched this yet? No. Oh man, I I just in my head, her and Elise watching Jamie Dornan sing "Everlasting Love."
0: Yeah, I think would yeah. be like
1: the moment, yeah, for any movie of the year. Whereas yep. it's just like you just want to watch those two, watch that moment, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, what about you? what did you think about I Belfast? I really, really dug Belfast. I think so. The thing for me is that this was the perfect hangout movie of the year. This was like we're just sort of getting into little adventures with this child as the backdrop isn't the 1970s, but it's the troubles in, mm-hmm. the, in, in Ireland. Um, and I and like you say. I think I watched it in relation to Licorice Pizza, even though I watched them quite far apart and weren't thinking about them. But I watched them go. Man, I dug that movie, and I dug what what was going on in that movie, and I just liked those characters, and I liked hanging out with them, and I liked what you know, like. Where the film went. And I liked that, you know, like Licorice Pizza was for P.T. Anderson, um, kind of a slice of his life um, brought, brought to life on screen. This was a slice of Kenneth Brown's life, you know, brought to on screen. You know, you even see uh, the little, uh, uh, is, this, is this character's name Buddy or something like that? I can't remember. Um, right. Yeah, he, you know, he's reading a Thor comic, uh, he loves movies, and he's having to deal with, you know, the 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 sort of the trials and tribulations of growing up uh, in, in a place like that while still trying to be a kid. Uh, and his parents are, you know, dealing with this. And this actually reminded me a little bit of my childhood as well, which is, uh, there's a couple of movies actually that really did remind me of my childhood a little bit. Um, but th- this idea that we had to leave a country because of, you know, how bad the violence had gotten there. You know, this happened to us when we yeah. were in Fiji um but you know you're still trying to be a kid at the same time um so i i actually really um really rank this highly as like a sneakily favorite of mine from the from the nominees like i can't like this really snuck up there um, and I wasn't expecting to, and like you say, it's 90 minutes long. And I remember I watched it under the guise of like, okay, I need to, you know, cause we were going through the end of the year and I was like, okay, I've got to pick some movies. What, what have I got time for tonight? Right, You know? And I picked Belfast cause it was like, and I was like, that was a perfect 90 minute movie. You know, like yeah. it just, it hit everything it wanted to hit and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, apparently the Academy did, too, because it did win Best Original Screenplay. Oh,
1: uh, don't tell me that. Uh, That's later down the line. No, it's not. It was right next to us.
0: It's the next one down the line. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm reading the format here. I'm doing natural transitions, and it, you're ruining it that. It did actually win.
1: I, this was not the frontrunner to win that uh, category. No, so no I took it So, again, some of these I took a guess at at what I thought would win, and some of these I took a, like a gamble on. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my gambles, because I was like, you know, I really like that and uh, I thought I kn- Don't Look Up would win. I, I, thought- I think the math was on Don't Look Up, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, but ooh, we can talk about Don't Look Up right now, actually. Well, I mean, we can.
0: Uh, what a weird movie that still was effective for me. Ooh,
1: what a weird movie that did not land in the slightest I, for me Here's the at thing. all. <laughs> I hated its editing style.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like any particular character. <laughs> And I and, and it wasn't shot in a way that hyper-interested me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I don't know. I really like the film Seeking a Friend at the End of the World. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's a bit of movie than this, right? It is. <laughs> I, but, like, I, I I don't know. There was something about it. And the message at the very end, sort of, with, with everyone sort of eating dinner, I I don't know. I, can, I, I, can I ask a, you a question here? Oh, yeah. no, no, sorry,
1: go ahead. You finish your thought. I was
0: just going to say, like, it felt like a mix of obnoxious satire of the last six years that uh, from people that don't fully understand why things are grotesque, mixed with actual human emotion in the state where you are incredibly fucked and you have no repercussion to get unfucked. And it was such an... I won't even call it a, a tightrope walking act. I think it fell off the tightrope, but the tightrope didn't snap, and if you were fast enough or wanted to, you could grab it and still have an emotional connection, and I think I did. Um, but that could just be because I like these kind of stories and these explorations and, like, how humans would uh, would react. But it's a weird film. It's, and it's a, it's a film that, like, I enjoyed, but I wouldn't call good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think, you know, like, when you look at Leonardo DiCaprio's speech at the end when he kind of, like... He blows up in the in the network uh, news thing. I, I go okay. I think what this was trying to get at was to be network, you know, the movie network, uh, the, Paddy Ch- you know, uh, the Sidney you know, the Sydney Lumet, Padiches Chafez Chadevsky film. Um, but it was like it just it, it didn't have anything compelling to say about the state of affairs that was new, novel, or interesting to watch, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, and I I recall like wasn't there like a um, uh, a South Park bet when jo- <laughs> when George Clooney wins an Oscar and says something and like it creates a uh, a fog of smug uh, that that envelops yeah. the world. Yeah. And I was like, man, thanks. I think- <laughs> yeah, this was this was that movie for me. Um, like, I I like everyone involved. I kind of like the swing at what this was supposed to be. The message is obviously. Uh, 100% accurate, you know, like in terms of, particularly if you look back at the Bush era, uh, sorry, the Trump era um, and and when this was probably written. Well, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I've learned working on the internet in the past four
0: years. Yeah. Your message can be entirely correct and really well thought out, but if how you deliver it is off which we've missed a couple times on ec there's no question yeah then no one gives a shit yeah like <laughs> and, and and in this particular thing i think is a lesson on like how to get a point across i don't think don't look up is effective in that way right um
1: <laughs> so yeah. yeah this one uh I, well i'm kind of i'm kind of glad that uh, i mean not you know like obviously everyone works very hard on every film and you know um um, you want, everyone wants to succeed, I I just, you know, I think Belfast kind of was the for me was the more enjoyable film. Yeah. Um best adapted screenplay? Well, that would be what Durr- one? Coda. Coda. Neither, yeah. of nope, neither of us got this. No, neither of us got this. Um Coda won this and yeah, I mean, so this is an adaptation of a French film that came out uh, many years ago, um which I haven't seen. I've heard does a is not as strong a um a particular film, um, so I, I'm sort of curious about that. But my pick was Drive My Car, and your pick was Dune. And I, when I read your pick of Dune, I was like, Yeah, I could see Dune winning that because it's such a hard adaptation.
0: That's the thing. I'm not saying that the script to Dune is like the best script of the year, I'm saying the process of adapting Dune mm. into a movie is by far the heaviest lift. Now, again. <laughs> I don't know if that translates into what the academy is thinking but having read dune multiple times including glossaries and things I still stand by
1: that. <laughs> and I kind of did the same math here which is that uh drive my car was one where uh the shorts the adaptation of the short story into a feature and 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 changing it around and expanding it for greater em- emotional depth I was quite impressed by. So I kind of took it as a Drive My Car uh, winning this one, which was not the case. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, d- uh, we've talked about Drive My Car on this podcast yeah. an entire episode. you can episode. go back and listen to that episode. You can go back and listen to that episode, but I, I love this film. I think there's just, uh, you know, in the way that Don't Look Up didn't have uh, emotional depth or emotional novelty for me, uh, Drive My Car felt that it was entirely lived in uh, mm-hmm. That it felt, and it felt like there was a weight to everything uh, that was being uh, discussed there in terms of how we deal and navigate grief. Um, yeah. That I think you know was quite. You know, rare to see on screen, to be honest with sure. you. Sure. So, yeah, no, yeah I, 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 I drive my car a lot. Well, now we're moving into Best
0: Director territory. All right. And I know this one was loaded uh, for you, particularly, Shaheer, due, due to um, you having insulted one of the nominees. I
1: hope one day I can insult every nominee.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can say that you've you've insulted a uh, Academy Award winner because Jane Campion did, in fact, win Best Director for Power of the Dog.
1: There you go, boomshakalaka! I know I had New chosen Zealand. Spielberg
0: yeah. um, again, and that's simply because Power of the Dog uh, didn't entirely speak to me, even though I could see the writing on the wall how exquisitely it was crafted. Right, um, and you can go again, go back and listen to our episode on that about that but like uh yeah i i uh, i'm i'm very happy to see jane campion win um and and her speech was very nice and she didn't uh do anything like she did in the last <laughs> award and then, so that was really good yeah Um, though, though, I believe this was after the Will Smith moment. So I, I (laughs) I mean,
1: everyone was, did did everyone just shut the fuck up when they got up there? (laughs) I mean, kind of, I mean, here's
0: the other thing. We haven't talked about this at all. They, they did really shaft the technical awards considerably. Like they had them like during the commercials and they showed them a little bit, some of them. And it's, that's just annoying as hell. Like we don't need more skits of like Amy Schumer being Spider-Man, uh, or I don't know. Although, oh, side note, uh, Amy, Shooter, Amy Shooter. Schumer, Amy Schumer, Amy uh, Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and um, oh my gosh, who was the third host? Uh, it was I will Google it. Ho-ho! Oh, Regina Hall, of course. Okay. Uh, they did a really good job, uh, <laughs> though there were some misses. Amy Schumer had a real tone deaf moment where, like, she was doing this bit in the crowd about like how everyone who makes the Oscars is important, like even seat fillers, and then she's like, oh, like this woman here, like you're doing a great job. And it was like a joke about uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, And then like, you thought it'd be like, ha ha ha. And she'd move on. And then she like made Kirsten Dunst get up and sit down in her chair. And she did. And Kirsten Dunst is off screen. And then she starts hitting on Kirsten Dunst's husband. uh, What's his name? Yeah. (laughs) And then like, she throws in like some, uh, it's funny because I was so shocked in the moment. Some probably good, good hearted activism quotes about uh, uh, women's rights. And, but like it was such a like you it was so fucking weird and bad. And after the Will Smith moment, I was like, "What
1: is someone the- else gonna is, it, is it gonna be?" Well, a no, I just for didn't all? understand. Like it's- I was just
0: picturing Kirsten Dunst being like, "What the fuck is this?" And maybe she was in on it. Who knows? But like, <laughs> uh, her husband didn't look thrilled. Right. Like. Well, maybe they, that's they, a bit. They're a
1: fairly understated couple, anyway. They're not like you know. They, they're, they, you
0: know. Regardless, it was <laughs> weird. Uh, also, the immemorium was weird um, okay. because, they although, like, again, sorry, I'm just tangenting. But the, something I did want to talk about was uh, it was a bit more like gospel-y. It was a bit more upbeat, which I like. Yeah. Like I thought that was really, really nice. Death doesn't have to be in the arms of the angels a hundred thousand times. Like we can think oh, about it in a little bit of a different way. played that song
1: in the arms of the angel. Yeah. In uh,
0: the arms <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like this one had like all of them going by and there was people singing during it and it was a little bit more upbeat and then sometimes like and again both of these moments were really nice, um, but they also felt weird like uh, Bill Murray came out for Ivan Reitman um, and and he had a really emotional like silly thing and then whatever and then Jamie Lee Curtis came out with the puppy uh, named Mac and Cheese because Betty White was a yeah. uh, animal rights activist, which actually I didn't understand at the time and actually my twitch chat corrected me on like oh that makes sense why that puppy was there because i was confused and where i was was loud and i couldn't figure out why jamie lee curtis was hugging a puppy talking about betty white's death (laughs) um but like everything about it just felt a little bit off and everyone in the room i was with was like what the fuck was that like it didn't it, it 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 put more weight on the air quotes important people and what I really like about the immemorium package is it put people like Ivan Reitman and Betty White and like all of these like heavy hitters, these these phenoms in their industry next to phenoms that we don't hear about a lot like, you know, uh, line producers or gaffers or something like that people legitimately like loved working with and helped make cinema happen. It was like it's almost like we're all even in death (laughs) and this was not that like more people got top billing.
1: Yeah, it was weird.
0: Anyway, okay. sorry. So for a second. You did tangent
1: away from Steven Spielberg. They're
0: quite far. Hey, Steven
1: Spielberg <laughs>
0: sure did not win that best director
1: award. Jane Campion nailed it. My, my calculation there is that uh, a historic win for Jane Campion to be, I think, the second only ever director to be nominated for best director, uh, female director to be nominated yeah. for best director, and Steven Spielberg's won it a few times already, so that was my calculation there. Uh, I also did think Power of the Dog was beautifully directed, so... Steven
0: Spielberg, <laughs> Steven Spielberg can cry into his three other Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, best visual fix? Best visual FX. Of course it's Dune. We both of picked Of course Dune. it's Dune. Yeah, we kind of went, both went with Dune here. Yeah, I uh- mean-
0: what's left to be said about Dune we have an episode on that as well uh, look I, the movie's gorgeous I just rewatched it and you know what I like about this movie I've seen it in IMAX yeah, and I've seen it on Jamie's like you know low end projector hey. and, and every version you you have it as your side projector <laughs> let's talk about some privilege here for a second I just insulted your secondary projector and I, so, I felt hurt by it <laughs> alright uh, but like this movie just lives and breathes in it's visual uh, it's visual effects and <laughs> I, I'm I, it, everything looks good. Everything you play it on looks good. I bet you it looks great in an iPhone.
1: I don't know. Like- I, I would just say the the thing here. I, the only thing I was tossing up was uh, was No Time to Die, which is which I haven't seen. But I was looking at the other nominees. I was going Free Guy, Shang Chi, and Spider Man No Way Home. Were all movies that I think l- like the visual effects are the selling point. Right. And and Dune, the visual effects surprise you. Mm-hmm. And w- which I think is kind of part of the magic of a uh, great visual effects, which is that you don't often realize that they're happening, so that was my calculation there uh dune's great, I think it's my my issue with it is as I've kind of said, is I feel like it's half the movie yeah it's part uh, and, one and not in not in the way that like Lord of the Rings is only one chapter, you know it didn't feel like it like a complete chapter to me um so but I but you know it's gorgeously made well, speaking
0: of dune. <laughs> Best film editing goes to Joe Walker of Dune as well.
1: Oh, snap. I, I did picked call picked Power of the one. Dog, and you picked Dune, and you were victorious.
0: Uh, I got to say, so Power of the Dog, again, I feel like Power of the Dog's effectiveness for me personally was in its cinematography and its direction, not necessarily its editing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dune did the thing in editing that I really, really enjoy, which is while I'm watching it, I don't realize that the editing is flashy. But if you go back and study it, you realize how fucking flashy the editing is? Like, there's just so much craft showing, like, moving emotional pieces around a board in, in shot-to-shot elements in scenes. The, the one where he where Paul's with the, the Bene Gesserit mother. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, it's just masterful, the frames that they show and the frames they choose not to. Uh, I, so, so for I, me, yeah.
1: Power of the Dog kind of did that work because the, the thing for me that really worked was that the cumulative effect of the storytelling in the Power of the Dog was such that most people didn't realize that they were watching a crime thriller uh, until the very end of that movie, and I thought that was kind of a masterful stroke sure. in the editing of that movie. But, you know, I, I get it. Dune's a big, big fucking movie. It's a real big movie. Uh, it's also so, the
0: movie with the best editing.
1: <laughs> it's also the movie with the best editing. Uh, uh but you know we, what movie didn't did win br- Best Editing? Wait, we, no, we, we haven't talked about West Side Story very That's briefly. That's what I was
0: going to say. West Side Story didn't win Best Editing. Let Story. me do these transitions
1: here. No. I am working Shut on up! your format.
0: Shut up! <laughs> I am working on your format that you so graciously provided, and you keep trying to
1: make me not. <laughs> because I feel like you're about to jump over it. But, but you know what? Not. I'll let you I'll let you take the reins. I won't backseat drive this thing anymore. I'll hey. let you drive my car.
0: West Side <laughs> Story. Again, we did a podcast on that. Yeah. Um, West Side Story, I... Uh, I was I was um I th- How do I
1: put this? How do you put this?
0: I guess I I voted a lot of West Side Story in in my in my picks and mm-hmm. not many of them hit. I don't I actually I don't think anyone I picked did. Okay. <laughs> um so so I it's funny. Patrick Willems and, and I have talked a little bit about West Side Story and he's been very public about loving West Side Story. I think it's it's in his top uh very top of his top 50 list he just released okay um and i i really liked it i actually think about it quite a bit but i don't outside of deboss's performance and some of the set pieces i don't like
1: i i understand it's masterfully made but i'm just sort of like cool this is great neat let's move on my thing with wayside story again is like i'm i'm a sucker for spielberg you know like on all cylinders and this is spielberg on all cylinders um, my issue here with West Side Story has to do with the fact that I felt that the original West Side Story was a product of 1956 or you know, of its time. Um, and it doesn't feel like West Side Story 2021 is a product of this time. It feels like it's still a product of that time and it is lingering in nostalgia that exists from that period. And so my question about West Side Story becomes the why of West Side Story. Like what, what about West Side Story requires the update right now? Um, or, or, you know, the compelling... Uh, nowness that makes the story uh, contemporary. I um, think the compelling
0: nowness is Steven Spielberg wanted to do it.
1: Yeah, but that's not, like, that's, to me, that's not the, that's not the if, reason. But if you're- That's if not the reason to watch it. You know what I mean? If you're a fan of Steven Spielberg, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm a fan of whatever Steven Spielberg wants to make. I just rewatched Tintin the other day, and I was like, oh my fucking God, that movie rules. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but, but yeah, West Side Story, I couldn't find the 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 nowness of it all. all right, all right. All right. Um, but yeah. Well-
0: Well, moving on to the best sound category, which side note, my friend, uh, did they just combine sound editing and sound mixing? mixing?
1: Yeah, sound mixing and sound design. What horseshit? (laughs) Because those are two, no, no, those are two different vocations.
0: That sucks. And I get it because it's not as sexy and it's not as simple and people get confused about what it is. I don't know. Maybe have your presenters say something that kind of explains it quite quickly as opposed to like doing another uh, jokes to get people slapped in the face. I have no idea. I just think like let's let's actually celebrate vocations as vocations are due. These are two different jobs. and now I don't know what we're voting for
1: <laughs> hmm. yeah i I can see that i i I think the problem that I've always had is that it's hard for me. To discern, as a viewer, what defines good sound mixing, for example, versus what defines good sound design. You know, like uh, the average sound editing.
0: Like, like the the mixing. Mixing to me is the how the sum of the parts come together, and the editing for me is where the parts
1: are placed. So it would be the equivalent of production design and editing. Um, Kinda. Yeah. But but they're within the same world. Look, you just fucking explained it in a (laughs) sentence. So like,
0: it's not hard. Like. (laughs) The, I don't know. Anyway, I get it, uh,
1: I get it. and uh, well, we you know, were both previous, wrong. <laughs> previous Stevie Stephen Gallagher would probably disagreed with me as well, but uh, we—I voted for No Time to Die, a movie I have not seen—and
0: <laughs> and I voted for, for West Side Story, Story, a
1: movie I did see, uh,
0: and uh, Dune, did you go to Dune did take that as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: Dune got that. All right, that's fair.
0: Uh, look, good, good on Dune. Good on. Uh, Dune. And then the only film that we haven't mentioned, even though we did a podcast on it, these mm-hmm. sort of somewhat tangentially uh, hit, but uh, is Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley is the last best picture thing we haven't talked about. Um we've perfect already movie. had done a podcast on that perfect episode. Movie.
1: It's a perfect movie. Um <laughs> it is. It's honestly it's a perfect movie. And and um I've had a couple of uh, emails come through this week uh, asking questions about that movie that I responded to. And the more I respond to those questions, the more I'm like, yeah, this movie's great. It's really fucking <laughs> good. It, like the thing for me is that it's it, to me it's a bitter movie than the movie that Guillermo del Toro won Best Picture for, The Shape of Water, sure. Um, sure. so that's sort of the thing. But it's in a year that where uh, I think there are other movies that are more interesting. Um, but uh, it's great. I love it, and and I will watch it again. And I'm I really do want to see the black and white version that uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro has really worked hard on. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious about that one. But we've just got a few awards to wrap up now. Um, That's true. Best Cinematography. All right. I voted for West Side Story. You I voted, voted for, for Dune. Dune. And
0: guess what, motherfucker? The, uh, the spice must flow. Dune. Uh, Rick Fraser
1: won. Yep.
0: Yep. yep. It looked, it, yeah, that movie is just a visual feast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's enormous. It's an enormous movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought Janis Kaminski could maybe pull that out with uh, with West Side Story, but I was wrong there. I want to do Best Foreign Film before we do Best Picture. Okay. Um, because, again, I tried to watch a couple of these this week. I, I watched uh, Flea and Hand of God, and Drive, uh, and we've always seen Drive My Car. The one I haven't seen is Worst Person in the World, because I'm really trying to like allocate some time for that one, because I know, I, I, you know everyone really ra- rates that movie very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, Hand of God is really phenomenal as well, by the way. But uh, Best Foreign Film went to... Well, I yeah, you did worst person. I did drive my car, and
0: uh, Br- Billy Ocean got it right. Uh, get out of my dreams. Get into drive my car. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, it went to that. Yeah. It did it. It Fair did enough, the work.
1: Which, which kind of makes me go that. Pro- well, did Parasite win BIS Foreign Film and Best? I don't remember. I think it did. Probably. I felt like it did. Hey, Google I- it for yourself.
0: At home. This right. is the interactive portion of the podcast. Figure All right, there we go. <laughs> Drums, please,
1: for <laughs> the Best Picture winner.
0: So Shahir chose Power of the Dog, yeah. and I chose Coda. What one? Because I actually don't know this. This is great. I love being the one to reveal this to you. The, uh, the winner of Best Picture for the 94th Oscars is... Kukukukukukukota. Really? Yeah, baby. Really? Yeah, baby. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. 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 Wow. How do you feel about that? Let's let's break down this. <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. Um. Yeah. Not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. Not great at all. Um, yeah, wow. I really like it. Um, <laughs> do you really I, like it or do you really, but do you, do you really love it as, like, yeah, this was the best film of the year? I think if we are talking about the,
0: in my, this again, my opinion, yeah. the mix of effective filmmaking on what you are trying to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all of the pieces that move through that plus social comment or social impact and commentary about our day and age, about things that maybe should have been talked about a little bit sooner on a mainstream platform. I think Coda is the pick. Like it, look, every film, every film on this list is a great movie, whether I connected strongly with it or not. Coda, in my opinion, goes a step further. And like, it's almost like the meta of the movie, Elevates it beyond. It's again, I think, very purposeful, skilled craftsmanship. I I that dug is... the shit out of Coda, and I did again. Did not expect. It. I slept on this movie for seven fucking months. I watched it a week and a half ago. <laughs> like I, I I was I was shocked too. Oh,
1: wow! But I liked I, I, it. I'm I yeah no. I mean, look of all these ten films that were picked, uh uh, ooh, it's like the the bottom. The hey. ones that I, yeah, Coda's down there for me in terms of, you know, like it's it's don't look up licorice pizza and Coda to be honest with you. Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. Uh, so here's something that's
0: interesting that's happened here. So Sheer and I did a side bet before we started this thing. Yeah, about uh, the the person out of the out of our ten here that we were going to talk about on the podcast, and we could add up the rest of them, but I don't think it's worth it. Um, that the uh, the winner would uh, the, whoever thought of the most would have to tweet. That that um, that so and so was right about Spotlight, but here's the interesting thing: we're tied. We are completely tied. So here's what we have to do: we both have to tweet
1: <laughs> at each other and yeah. say
0: that the other one is right about Spotlight. That's yeah. what has to happen now. And then you can all respond. Uh, I'm Emperor MSK on Twitter, and Shahir is Shahir Dowd because he's better at marketing himself than I am. <laughs> No, it's
1: uh, just there's not a lot of Matt Kroll, There's not a lot of Shahir Dads on Twitter. I'll yeah, just say yeah.
0: that. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's quite silly that we kind of tied if you add up all of the stuff based on <laughs> the things, which I couldn't think of a more appropriate ending to our Oscars episode.
1: The only thing I want to uh, – I should have mentioned this at the top of the episode. The only thing that I um, wanted to bring up here was that the, the fact that the Will Smith moment has overshadowed everything – also overshadowed a friend of mine who was going to the Oscars for the first time, uh, and who was the actual award that was being well, the no, was one of the nominee. I think she was the nominee that was presented right after Will Smith. Uh, the, oh, uh, and that is Jessica Kingdon for her film *Ascension*, which I did watch and I did love, and it is amazing. It's on Paramount Plus right now. Uh, it is a phenomenal film. Uh, what what one best documentary feature? Just so I know, oh, I, oh, I didn't I put it on here. Check.
0: Um, uh, doop, 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 doop. I got to remember here. Give me one was second. It Flea? I kind of felt like Flea would win this one. Uh, Summer of Soul.
1: Oh, Summer of Soul. Okay, which I enough. did also guess. Yeah, okay.
0: I got a lot of I got a lot of good guesses on on the categories that I don't know. Uh, documentary <laughs> short subject. I also guessed correctly on the Queen of Basketball.
1: Nice. Um, I th- I do, I got to be honest with you. I hadn't seen any of them. I just kind of w- was like
0: music. I, this is kind of this is nuts. And I think if Bruno was part of what was nominated for Encanto, that it would have won. Uh, that um, that it would uh, have won. Really? I did, I did pick the Encanto song. Yeah. Guess what won?
1: Uh,
0: no time to die. Billie Eilish and her brother have an Oscar now. Okay, all right. I love, I love the Bond films specifically <laughs> for the ability to get like
1: mainstream musicians Oscars. <laughs> And yet, in any of the Bond films, there's not a moment where Bond like, goes up to a Sony Discman and presses play on a song and ja- dances for a moment, which is like just the perfect tie-in to happen for a Bond film, and it hasn't happened yeah. yet. Uh, uh, short um, film animated was The
0: Windshield Wiper. Okay. Uh, short film, Do- uh, I got this next one, at The Long Goodbye for live action. Yep, I got uh, that. Uh, animated feature film. Did Mitchell's vs. Machines pull this one out? N- no, it didn't. I-, I really wanted it to. What one? Um, Flea? know. Uh, I believe Encanto did. Encanto wasn't nominated. Oh, it was. was.
1: Yes, it was. Yes, you're right. You're
0: correct. (laughs) Then there was a big snafu. Maybe it was so distracted from the Will Smith Chris Rock moment (laughs) that they just. We'll
1: just give give it it that. What was the movie everyone was
0: watching? Encanto. (laughs) Here you go. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a good show Uh, overall. (laughs) It was an interesting show. No, I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I like that it gives us something to talk about, not the bullshit slap whatever. Like just like that, it's another thing about movies to talk about that is adjacent to the movies. That's why I (laughs) like the Oscars.
1: Uh, um, write us in OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com with your hot takes on Will Smith's slap and other things no, that had to do no, with the Oscars. No, no, nope, they no, no, it. Hey, nope, it's a moment. It happened. Uh. Well, here's the deal. deal. She can write us can, in about it. Shaheer
0: can ask for that. I don't want to hear it. None of I, us literally we've ta- we, you and I sure have talked too much about this shit. <laughs> we have nothing to add to this conversation. Oh,
1: so no. I'm just saying people can write in with their
0: thoughts. Well, they can, but themselves. like let's write in about the movies themselves. I would love to I would love to hear more talk about like the actual awards and things that sort of like were movie adjacent as opposed to the slappening. Like I just I I I don't know. I that's personal for me. But right. you can <laughs> write us in. Yeah. B- about whatever you want. And one of us will talk to you about. It. <laughs> anyway, next week I believe we are doing a film I am quite excited about.
1: Oh, um, so as am uh, I, because we are going into the multiverse with the Daniels, who are two filmmakers that uh, I have. <laughs> it's funny because we've got a guest that uh, will hopefully be on the show for that. And I, when I, you know, knew we'd be doing an episode on the Daniels. Uh, this guest and I, I, you know, just connected. and We're just like, yeah, we've been follow- every person that works in music videos or visual effects has been following these two guys since they did a little Vimeo video called Dog Boarding. Look yep. it up on video on Vimeo. It's amazing. Uh, the Daniels are amazing. Uh, I I think I know, I'm not sure if I'm correct on the on the timing of this, but they may have turned down Loki in order to do this film. Oh wow! Kind of which I kind of love. That's um, cool. So, it's yeah. everything, everywhere,
0: all at once is what we're going to be talking about Everything, everywhere. So do everywhere, your homework.
1: All at once.
0: Which is where uh, we are. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for hanging out for our Oscar episode. It was very fun to do. Um, until next week. Oh, and thank you for being patient. Again, this will come out literally hours after we d- we are done recording. In fact, if I can get this done in the next hour between now and the next meeting I have, I'll put it up by 3 o'clock. I will text you. And I will leave it. Oh, let's talk about the back of this stuff. I, will <laughs> I was going to say it for the listeners, so you going, can do the words. Three o'clock win. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three o'clock. You know, in general, whatever time. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'll let you know when it's up, and then you can you can hit go once all the words are in. Okay. You know, as we I, I don't know get. if you. Yeah, I, I don't know if people ever saw. There was one time because normally I, I I do the editing and the, the graphic yeah. and the prep, and then she here fills out the words and the tags and like all that stuff. We we divvy up the work. Yeah. And one time we just forgot somewhere, and it did go up with just like dot 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 Shahir words. Yeah, and <laughs> that was the me. And no,
1: I actually remember the situation that happened was that there was two episodes that you had loaded, and uh, I had written the words for one, but one of them was scheduled to go anyway later. without us realizing it, and yep. so it just went up, and yep. I was like, Whoops, "Sorry." Anyway,
0: we'll see if that doesn't happen this time. Anyway, we'll talk at you next week. Until then, I hope be kind. I. Be yeah, be kind to each other. How about that? Talk to you later, everybody. Bye. Bye.